Shalom, welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is Carl Whitehead, and today we will be looking at chapter 2, verse 4 of Genesis, with a particular emphasis on Rashi, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzhaki's commentary on the fifth word of this verse, and how this word teaches us about God's heart when he gave man free will. So what does this verse, chapter 2, verse 4 of Genesis, say in the Hebrew, and how do we translate that? Alright, so how do we translate this verse into the English? So, these are the generations of the heaven and the earth. These are the generations or accounts. Shamayim is the is the heavens and Ha'aretz and the earth. Then we have this word Behibar Am, which is translated as when they were created. Bayom asot, Bayom on the day asot that made Hashem Elohim, the Lord God, Eretz earth va Shamayim the heavens. So these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now in his commentary on this verse, Rashi quotes the Talmud, and particularly Menachot 29b paragraph 10, which says something very interesting about the fifth word of this verse. And this is what it says. When the verse states, these are the generations of the heaven and of the earth when they were created, behi bara'am. Do not read it as meaning when they were created. Rather, read it as meaning he created them with the letter He. This verse demonstrates that the heaven and the earth, i.e. this world, were created with the letter He, and therefore the world to come must have been created with the letter Yod. Now this is quite an amazing statement. And when we dig into the Rashi's commentary on this word, we find out that our, the sages are making reference here to Isaiah 24, verse 6. So what does Isaiah 24, verse 6 say? It says, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Now again, we're going to miss out a lot if we do not know what this verse says in the Hebrew. This is what it says. Bethu Behashem Adei Ad Ki Beyah Hashem Zur Olamim. Now, what they are doing here is that the sages are deriving something very interesting from the eighth word of this verse and looking at the second half, which says Ki Bayam Hashem Zur Olamim. So, what they are doing is they are focusing on the second part of this verse where it says, Ki bayar harshem zur olamim. And what, they, what the sages here derive from this word zur, which is translated as rock, is made up of three letters in this verse, azadi, avav, and aresh. And what the sages did is they homiletically interpret or derived this word zura to mean yatsar, which means to form. And if you if you are able to go and look at the account of creation in Genesis chapter 1, 
And even if even if you look at uh, verse seven of chapter of chapter two in Genesis, where it says, "And God formed man of the dust of the earth," you'll see that that word there, "formed," has has the root yazar in it, which is made up of three letters: a yod, a zadi, and a resh. And so the sages here in the Talmud are looking at this word zur and they're, and they're deriving from it here a homiletical uh, expression coming out of this verse and that what the prophet Isaiah here is alluding to is that God created formation using his name, specifically the name Yah, the Yod and the Hay, which is the first part of the ineffable name, the tetragrammatron, the four-lettered name, the Yod, Hay, and the Vav, Hay. And so this, this world is created from the letter hey. In other words, it's created with breath. It's, it's created in a means that is tangible, it's engageable, and it is measurable. It is something that we can physically touch. It has an expression to our natural selves, and yet hidden within, or not so much hidden, but beneath the surface is imbued with the spirituality of his divine breath, and that it is incumbent upon us when we become aware that we have a living soul, that we are a spiritual being, that we realize that in creating and forming this creation with his breath and with the spoken utterance of his mouth, that we ourselves are yatsad, are formed out of the expression to be an expression of his breath. And there are some very uh, very interesting and very important lessons that we can derive from the letter Hay in regards to why God formed us that way. So coming back to the letter Hay, what are some of the important lessons that we can learn here and how does it indicate to us in this verse by pointing out that this world is created with the letter Hay, how was God trying to communicate to us a very deep and a very important lesson about our formation, our yatsar, how we are formed with his breath and why he gave us free will. And what I want to do here is I want to pose a quick question because the letter Hay teaches us that God imbued creation with divine spiritual power and that the formation of man is a fusion of both natural and and spiritual. So again, we can, because we know that we are a, a, a creation of breath, we are formed out of what? The dust of the earth. So that is the, the natural matter of creation. And then within that natural matter and the formation of who we are, God places his divine breath. And that the letter Hay is a letter of breath. So its its phonetic sound is ha. The expression of our breath coming out to uh, establish something as a reality. So God made us that way. And I, I would like to posit uh, a suggestion here, and that's the divine nature that God has entrusted with us is the capacity of free will. The capacity to consciously choose to be and act out power over creation. So God instilled within us the capacity to manipulate divine energy. 
So what is going on here? What is God trying to say to us? How, how is he trying to capture our attention to see a reality that is currently beyond our perception to unlock within us a desire and a hunger to chase after something that he's putting before us? Because there is something quite literally amazing going on in the, the very placement of this word. So we have the second chapter, which alludes to the letter Bet, which talks about the house from which his voice speaks, the, the, the house of his perfect desire. It's in the fourth verse, which alludes to the letter Dalet. It's the fifth word, which of course alludes to the letter Hay. And in that fifth word, there are six letters, which alludes to the six days of creation. And even, even deeper alludes to what happened on the sixth day of creation, which was the formation of man. The reason that God reveals to us in this verse using the fifth word that he created this world with the letter Hay is to teach us that when he releases divine power to create, he is fully cognizant of his intent and purpose, that there is no disconnect between the action of his thoughts and speech. The Hay teaches us that our breath must be a reflection of the function of his breath within creation, and that he has given us free will to choose what type of spiritual power we will channel through our lives. This is why in the design of the hay, we see a floating yod. God is waiting to observe how we will manipulate divine power. What will be the center of our moral code and covenant? The yod alludes to the ten utterances of creation and the ten utterances of covenant. We can learn this just by looking at the letter Hay and its design, that we see all these things circulating around and waiting to engage with us. See that the letter Hay is made from three lines. We have one vertical line on the top connected to, sorry, one horizontal line along the top connected to a vertical line going down the right. And then we have a third vertical line which is separate. And what, what, we are, what we are taught is that the letter Hay is made up of the letter Dalit and the letter Yod. And we can go so much deeper into those things. But what I want to say here is that the Dalit alludes to the motivation of our choices. This comes back to the, the, the profound act of our formation, the profound act of our creation that God created us with free will. And that, in my heart and in my thinking, is, in, is a true essence of divine nature expressed and sitting within a divinely created being, which is what we are. God infuses the world with his divine hay. Then he infuses us as an amalgamation of dust and divine breath. Then he watches to see what we will do with our freedom, with this divine life, with this divine power that he has given us, the capacity to choose where we focus the intent of our heart. 
when we read Torah, when we read the Tanakh, when we read the living word, we see the divine intent of his heart reaching out to us and desiring to engage with us on an emotional and relational and intellectual level. We can see in the preceding verses how God begins to outwork this with Adam in verses 19 and 20. Having formed Adam as a union of dust and divine breath, given full autonomy, and I want, to, I, I want you to remember that, we are given full autonomy to choose. He brings to Adam the animals to see what he will name them, to observe the flow and motivation of Adam's breath. This here is the conflict of free will. Will we humble ourselves and learn to see as he sees, speak as he speaks, moves as he move as he moves, think as he thinks? Again, I come back to the question: What is God trying to show us by putting this word here, this word in in the fourth verse of the second chapter, the 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 fifth word that has six letters in it? What he's trying to show us and what and what I believe he speaks to me about and one of the things that is challenging my heart in engaging with this verse is that we are to be a doorway of divinely flowing breath. When I read this verse, I am challenged and I'm inspired. I believe, therefore, that it is incumbent upon us to engage with this verse and to attach ourselves to a moral code that originates from the heart of God. A moral code that is above our capacity to comprehend in its entirety, yet we choose to attach ourselves to it by faith so that we can humble ourselves and be a doorway for his divine power to flow through us and into creation as a mediator of a higher way and to choose to receive this profound divine gift of free will and turn it so that it becomes a reflection of his breath and to turn our thoughts, our speech and our action so that there is no disconnect between the way he thinks, the way he speaks and the way he acts. Baruch Hashem.